0: It's June 19th, 2019. Welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's science, technology, and entrepreneurship. I'm Bert Lum. First up, we've got Ross Mukai. He's here to tell us about the upcoming Mini Maker Fair happening this weekend. Then Mari Castanya. she is going to tell us about the Twitch Hawaii Community Meetup. And then, of course, later on, we have Coralie Matayoshi and Tom Travis. They're going to join us to tell us about this year's hurricane season and how to best prepare. Now, first up, I want to have Ross Mukai from Oahu Makerspace, and he's, tell, he's here to tell us about the um, annual Mini Maker Fair. Welcome to the show, Ross.
1: How's it going, Bert? I love being here.
0: Oh, good. And I want to first uh, give you a chance to tell us what's happening with uh, Oahu Makerspace.
1: So Oahu Makerspace, um, I've been running it since 2013, we're closing down uh, this year because um, the overhead of the shop is just way too much, you know, operating expenses versus revenue. Um, mm. Hopefully we we can do something again in the future or collaborate with uh, another, you know, any other groups that are kind of operating in the same space. You know, we really want to make sure that the maker movement succeeds mm-hmm. and continues, and <clears throat> if we're holding a torch, we'd like to pass it rather than just... Put it out, Mm -hmm. you know.
0: And then, you know, I mean, it seems like this this sort of uh, shutting down is in the air because even the make Media guys.
1: Right. So a lot of people are concerned because uh, Maker Media, the parent organization for the Maker Faires worldwide, is shutting down. They they announced it recently. But um, the Mini Maker Faire and over 700 Maker Faires around the world are actually independently produced shows, so the Honolulu Mini Maker Fair will go on. It's this Saturday at, from noon to five at Ilani School, mm-hmm. and we have, you know, we have intentions of continuing the um, independent group through next year and beyond.
0: So you've been pretty much part of the organizing committee for the Mini Maker Fair, and do you see yourself continuing to be a part of that community that brings the, you know, the organizing committee that sort of brings everybody together? Well, I have been uh, part
1: of the Mini Maker Fair planning committee since the beginning, but you know I'm not the only part, and I'm definitely not the biggest part. So, I I totally intend to keep supporting it and keep involved with it, mm-hmm. and I want to just make sure that you know everybody else is. And so far, you know everybody is uh, on board. We want to continue, and you know we want to make sure that everybody knows that you know, make media closing down is not the end of the locally produced Honolulu Mini Maker Fair.
0: That's good. So anything uh, interesting new that you might want to share with us uh, in terms of the upcoming Mini Maker Fair?
1: Yeah, there's going to be a lot of stuff. So we usually have a combination of uh, inside exhibits that are, you know, quieter or um, not messy. And then we also have some outside exhibits. Mm-hmm. So some of the outside exhibits are like blacksmithing, um, I think there's some woodcrafting type of people. And then uh, we, I think we also have um, a glass blowing guy on the list. So he may be working hot glass as well. So wow. that should be really interesting.
0: You say, uh, in previous years, there were like uh, circuit board circuit uh, um, construction of some little blinking lights. Is that going to still yep. happen? So there are several. Um, Electronics that are like non-soldering
1: mm-hmm. learn to work with, uh, con- I think conductive paper type circuits. We have the the um, the, so- the learn to solder event, which is always popular. Um, we're doing that again this year. Uh, there's there's a drone competition outside where they do um, circuit racing and there's trophies and prizes and everything. Yeah, I was
0: going to ask you because every year there's been a drone exhibit going on and and usually they have the sort of mini drones for the racing. Through kind of an obstacle course.
1: Yep, uh, that's the Hawaii Aero Group. They um, they're responsible for putting together. I think they're you know they're mostly kids in uh, school school based teams. that are doing um, first person camera view you know drone racing mm-hmm. through obstacle courses.
0: Good. So, uh, how many people do you expect to show up? I know it's been growing every year.
1: Yeah, we've been seeing uh, <clears throat> we've been seeing growth year over year for attendance. Uh, last year, I think we had almost 1,300 people in attendance, so we'll probably see the same or a little more, maybe 1,500 people attending and about 45 uh, groups presenting exhibits.
0: So uh, remind me again, when is this, where is this, and where can people sign up? So it's the Honolulu Mini Maker
1: Faire at com, and it's happening this Saturday uh, June 22nd at Iolani School from noon to 5 p.m.
0: Very good. I'll put that up on our show notes for later on. Thanks, Ross, for joining us. Thank you, Bert. And, of course, uh, next up uh, we have Mari Castagna, and she is going to be talking about something cool I think is happening in town called Twitch Hawaii, and uh, they've got a eSports community meetup. Welcome to the show.
2: Thank you for having me, Bart. I appreciate it.
0: So Mari, you're uh, um, pretty into the gaming scene. Mm-hmm. And you were telling me earlier about some of the things that you're doing. And uh, maybe quickly describe how the the scene has grown, I guess, uh, in terms of participants and, and them actually streaming gameplay online.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Over the last five, ten years, Playing video games has really exploded and it's become very popular for people to essentially live stream their content. Mm-hmm. Rather than sitting alone in their living room playing video games, they have the opportunity to share across the world what they're doing, what they want to do. They can have conversations with people, like-minded individuals, make new friends, et cetera, and essentially build a community. And that's a, what I am a part of. Mm-hmm. Technically, we are a group called Twitch y. We bring together other streamers and content creators of Oahu and Outer Islands. Our main goal is to just provide a networking experience so people can meet others and build their own communities together.
0: So is this meetup the first for Twitch Hawaii, this community meetup group?
2: It is not the first. Uh, Our Twitch Hawaii has been open officially since last year, so we've had a couple of meetups, but this is going to be our first free attendance Completely free. Before, uh, we had VIP entry fees where people would pay a little bit extra and they'd get access to additional perks, but this time we're not accepting any uh, money from people coming through. All of our monetary is coming from sponsors who are going to be supporting the events. And
0: what are you uh, wanting to do at the meetup? Do you want people that are experienced gamers or can kind of newbies also
2: participate? (laughs) everyone. We want as many people to attend as possible. The entire opportunity is to give really a networking experience. Uh, What we've seen happen so often is people join our public servers and they want to essentially play games together, but they have no idea who they can play with. These networking Mm -hmm. opportunities gives you an opportunity to say, hey, this is a game I really like to play. I play on PlayStation 4. You can meet someone who says, oh, I play the same on the same console. And there you go. You have a networking opportunity. You have new friends. And that's really the entire purpose of the meetup, just networking, getting to uh, what we're hoping to do is bring in developers as well, although we don't really have too much confirmed at the moment. And then, of course, just uh, being the face of the brand.
0: Well, and you've also got a lot of experience uh, streaming your gameplay. So will Mm -hmm. you also be able to give people advice on how to set up their own consoles for streaming on Twitch or any of the other streaming platforms?
2: Oh, absolutely. We have a public server that I mentioned earlier that's a great starting point for a lot of people coming in. Since streaming has really exploded over the last, I would say, two to three years. So many people coming in starting new, they have no idea what to do. We have these public servers available where people can just join straight in and if they have questions they can ask it. If they're wondering about programs to use or Mm -hmm. games or opportunities for growth, it's just the perfect place to look in, kind of dip your toes and see really where the direction of the industry is going. So
0: where is your the, the meetup coming up on the 30th?
2: Mm-hmm. So our meetup is going to be on the 30th at 12 o'clock p.m. It is, like I said, a free uh, attendance. It is going to be held at PC Gamers located in IEA. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to be running between 12 and 6 p.m. The most exciting thing about this event is we're actually going to have a time slot where the uh, the party is live streamed onto the Twitch website. So between 3 and 5, if you can't make the event, you can still tune in on Twitch.tv and we'll be right there on the front page. Now,
0: if, uh, if people want to sign up or find out more information, where can they go?
2: The easiest place to go to find all of our information is going to be at the website, streamerlinks.com slash hawaii. That's going to have the information on how to register to attend the event if you want to do that in advance. But it's also going to show all of our social media there, including Twitter, our Twitch page, Facebook, Instagram, etc. Very good. Thanks, Maury, for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it.
0: And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Coralie Mataoshi and Tom Travis. We'll talk about the 2019 hurricane season and disaster preparedness. Don't go away. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR local talk show fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk show programming. Mahalo to contributors Ekahi Health, Ulupono Initiative, and Impact Hub Honolulu co-working.
3: My wife, Judy, who sings with several choirs, and I were heading into town in the car, listening to the radio, and suddenly Beethoven's Ode to Joy came on. And Judy started singing along. It was a magical moment because Beethoven's Ode to Joy was on the radio and only with HPR would that ever happen. My name is Harlan Hughes and my wife is Judy Anderson. We live in Kula on the slopes of Haleakala and we are very proud to be sustaining members of Hawaii Public Radio.
0: Welcome back to Bite Marks Cafe. And now joining us in the studio is Corley Matayoshi and Tom Travis. Corley is the regional CEO of the American Red Cross, and Tom is the administrator for the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency, also known as HAIMA. Welcome to Bite Marks Cafe. Hello.
4: Hello.
3: Thanks for having me on.
0: Good. So I will start with you, Tom. You can tell us in general, what is the hurricane prediction for 2019 since we're now into the hurricane season?
3: Yeah, the uh, hurricane, the National Oceanographic Administration has predicted that this will be an above average hurricane season, meaning worse than usual, having more hurricanes than usual. And uh, that's based on warmer seawater temperatures due to a phenomenon called El Nino.
0: Now, there was, a, I think it was was maybe 2017 or 2016, I can't remember, but there were like five hurricanes in the Pacific all at one time, and it was El Nino. Do you think that this is going to be a similar kind of season?
3: Uh, I. I am not a forecaster, and you're not going to trap me into forecasting. <laughs> but, but, but I will say that the seawater temperature that year, the year you're speaking of, was actually higher as you went north than it is this year. So uh, just using seawater temperature as an indicator, it, it probably won't be as many as that time. Of course, in the end, it takes one.
0: <laughs> yeah. Now, the other thing that I noticed, too, that is that uh, – this year seems to be unseasonably hot early in the season in terms of summertime. Do you think that's going to have any impact?
3: Uh, I don't know. I, again, a I'm, not a, <laughs> I'm not a weatherman, but uh, I, I think the more predominant effect would be seawater temperature, which, mm-hmm. which as I say, is warmer than usual, but not as warm as it has been at the worst cases in the last five years. That. Nonetheless, there the the forecast is for heavier than than usual hurricane activity. Now, Coralie, you've been pretty
0: busy. There's been uh, all kinds of disasters. You don't have to wait for hurricane season no, we to, be, don't.
4: <laughs> to be out there, <laughs> right? We have lava and floods and all kinds of things. We had a really historic year last year, and it feels like it didn't stop. So, when hurricane season comes around, do you? Is it a a rethinking,
0: or is it just you know, just keep moving on. How does the the Red Cross really sort of prepare for these seasonal kinds of uh, disaster preparedness?
4: Well, you know, a lot of people don't realize that we respond to disasters every four days, mostly house fires. Mm-hmm. And I always say, don't wait until hurricane season to prepare, because it could be an earthquake or a tsunami where you'd have to get out of your home very quickly. And so, um, but people... Think about hurricane season more because there's no place to hide right tsunamis don't affect everyone, um, and earthquakes might not either, but hurricanes, nobody is safe
0: well you know it it seems that you know whenever it's hurricane season it usually and it's June till like november uh, there's a, a media attention because it's fairly periodic, and now's the time to you know get the word out and let people know Tom. There's been an annual exercise called Makani Pahili. Uh can you give us a sense of of what uh, you folks exercised this year and what might be some of the lessons learned through the exercise? Uh yeah,
3: the yes, I can. The uh uh exercise this year was uh focused on one aspect of uh hurricane response and recovery uh, called debris removal Mm -hmm. which means getting the roads back open, getting uh, uh, facilities restored allowing workers to get to work Uh, a lot depends on getting the debris out of the road Uh, and so that was the focus of the exercise this year Uh, we also had uh, uh, two senior uh, seminars one with the governor and several of the mayors and another with the state uh cabinet members that run the various state agencies and uh the purpose of that was uh twofold one to address the lessons learned from 2018 but the primary lesson learned that we uh addressed was that uh hurricane lane showed us that it's possible we could have a catastrophic hurricane. And uh, uh, the response to a catastrophe, you have to think about it a little bit differently than the response to a disaster. And so uh, the the purpose of those two seminars, uh, which weren't very well, mm-hmm. was to allow us all to change our mindset in case we really do have to deal with a, a, a much more serious event like Hurricane Lane would have been. If it hadn't stopped the night before, so in terms of changing your thought process between a
0: disaster and a catastrophe, I mean, what are we what are we talking about? Well,
3: if you take if you take uh, lava last year, very serious disaster on the Big Island, uh, Oahu maintained capability. So if we were if we needed something on the island of Hawaii, mm-hmm. Oahu was available to provide. The people, the resources, the goods that allowed uh, uh, the civil defense in Hawaii to respond to that, so one thing is is that uh a catastrophe it it, it gets serious if it affects Oahu mm-hmm. because that takes away our base of support that we would have for the other islands so that's one aspect second aspect and th- th- this is my own uh uh definition is during a catastrophe uh people can't get to where they're supposed to go so you have uh i'll give you an example in new orleans during uh, hurricane katrina the police station was under 20 feet of water and all of their antennas were underwater they had no phones they had no command center and the Literally, the police who were trying, struggling to get out of their homes to go work, they didn't know where to go and, and what was necessary. So uh, uh, that takes away the police as first responders. So not being able to get to work is a serious thing. Uh, talk about debris removal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you need two things to remove debris. You need uh, lots of people where the debris is and you probably need some heavy equipment and some operators for that heavy equipment. If the operators for the heavy equipment can't get to the heavy equipment, uh, then you have a delay in debris removal. Finally, the last thing, uh, and this is very important, is that there will be some effect on communications from not having any communications to only having high-priority communications or very low-bandwidth communications. And as all of us rely on the Internet, and when the communications go away, a lot of our ability uh, uh, to respond to things will go away as well as that bandwidth goes away.
0: You know, I do want to talk a little bit about the um, kind of the communications that takes place where – Haima stands, where the county stands, and and where the Red Cross stands in terms of how that information sort of trickles down to all the respective agencies. So we want to hold that thought. We'll be right back after this short break to continue our conversation with both Coralie Matayoshi and Tom Travis about disaster preparedness. This is Bite Marks Cafe.
1: Support for Bite Marks Cafe comes from the HPR Local Talk Show Fund, which helps Hawaii Public Radio sustain and grow its locally produced talk shows. Mahalo to contributors The Rice Partnership, Kaiser Permanente, and PCAT, Pacific Center for Advanced Technology Training.
0: Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And if you're just joining us, uh, we're talking to Coralie Matayoshi from the American Red Cross and Tom Travis from the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. And right before the break, you know, we were talking about some of the um, activities that take place uh, during a disaster. And of course, you know, it's all about trying to prioritize what's going on, depending on, you know, where the most effective areas are. And Coralie, I mean, in terms of how the Red Cross prepares, how do you receive the information that lets you know you know this shelter might might need to be opened or how do you prioritize based on the information flow that's coming from whether it's Haima or the folks over in the counties
4: well We are always um, looking forward, and um, with the hurricane, you can see it coming, right? And so we have our national headquarters monitoring all of this, and they're bringing satellite equipment and people. And with Lane and even Olivia, we didn't know where it was actually going to hit, and it could have hit all all the islands. And so our national headquarters actually dropped satellite equipment and people on each of the islands because of that. Um, if all else fails, we have our ham radios on standby. Mm-hmm. Um, but hopefully, the satellite phones will work.
0: Now, you mentioned ham radio. What would you suggest as being a useful communication tool if, let's say, cell phone service went down and and telephone service went down? I mean, what what would be an alternative?
4: Well, I, I think that everyone should have radio, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's the the thing that people will rely on for um, at least one-way communication to be able to get information. I don't know whether they will be able to communicate with each other if everything goes down, but at least it's important to be able to connect yourself with all of the, um, the, the information, like which shelters are open, where the water might be, mm-hmm. things like that. You know, Tom, this conversation could be
0: Probably we can go on for hours, but you know, in terms of just being prepared, what would you advise people to do? I know that uh, the amount of, let's say, watered food you need to have on hand should be 14 days. I mean, what what is what is the prevailing recommendations nowadays?
3: Uh, it's currently it, it was increased to 14 days, and that's what the current recommendation is there's some thought that we may have to even ask for more. The the limit on storing it uh, actually probably isn't food. It's probably water. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- the reason water can be a limit is because if you assume your home remains intact, there's places to store water in your home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get liners for bathtubs and things like that. So you could store it in that way. But if, If you think you might need that water and your home might not be intact, uh, Hurricane 5 hurricane will blow down many homes. Uh, Then in that case, how you store your water has to be in a place that you can get back into after the wind. And and carrying uh, 14 days' worth of water is a Mm non-trivial exercise. Mm -hmm. It weighs a lot. Mm -hmm. So so, uh, food and water, uh, 14 days. Uh, We advise people to have medical prescriptions, to have their uh, uh, gas tanks full, uh, to be sure that uh, they have their papers in a safe box so that uh, they can, if necessary and there's damage to the roads, they can access what they need to access to begin the recovery. Uh, one suggestion I heard that uh, I, I thought was very good is you, you could take pictures of your important documents, stick it on a flash drive in your pocket, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. and uh, uh, carry it around lightly that way. Uh, there might be a lawyer around, so I, I will advise that probably some documents on a flash drive might not be completely usable, but it would be better than to have no documents right, whatsoever. Right. Courtly, I mean, in terms of
0: uh essential equipment that might be useful? What would you suggest? Uh,
4: Generators? I mean, what kinds of things might be handy to have? It would be wonderful to have a generator, but you have to remember that you need fuel as well, right? Um, I would suggest at this point in time that people really look at being able to shelter in place. And so um, hurricane clips, hurricane straps, window film or um, or or windows that can withstand that because you just don't want to lose your roof. That's mm-hmm. how people lose their, their contents because of all of the wind and rain. And so you want to create an envelope that's tight. And um, if something penetrates um, your window, you don't want your window to shatter and create that suction mm-hmm. that you'd lose your roof. So now is a good time to do that as well as insurance to see what is covered because sometimes if the rain comes from below and it's flooding, then you need flooding insurance and the hurricane insurance might not cover it. That's right. I have an f- insurance bill I, I need to pay and I better pay that before. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you've got
0: a bunch of uh, – uh, um, well, you have a list of activities that are coming up. There are oftentimes preparedness fairs that take place you know, during this, this sort of time frame. Uh, do you have uh, – uh, some that are coming up shortly?
3: Uh, yes. Uh, most of these are sponsored by the county, but uh, I happen to know they're there, and I'll pass them on to you. There's a Ready to React uh, fair at Pearl Ridge Center on uh, July 27th uh, from 10 to 2. There is an annual Get Ready Eva Beach mm-hmm. from 9 to 1 on Sept. Did I say the the uh, Pearl Ridge Center was on the twi- on the September seventh.
0: No, you said July.
3: Okay, <laughs> on September seventh, there's a get ready of a beach from nine to one at the uh, Kapilini, uh Community Center, and on October nineteenth, there's a be ready Manoa disaster at the Manoa Valley District Park from nine to
0: one. Is there a place that uh,
3: has all those listed? Uh, y- yes. Uh, For the first one, there's John J. Cummings at Honolulu.gov at www.honolulu.gov slash DEM. And uh, Coralie, I mean, in terms of uh, people wanting to take uh, any classes
0: or anything at the Red Cross, I mean, what do you have coming up?
4: Well, um, you can go to redcross.org slash Hawaii and find out what you can take. Um, we're also calling out for volunteers because we're going to need an awful lot of them, and you you just have to be able to be um, available during hurricane season, and we'll we'll train you because a lot of times when a big um, catastrophe or disaster happens, people come out of the woodwork. So we can't just stick you in shelters without um, background checking you and things like that. And so it's better to, if you're at all interested, go to our website and see um, whether we can train you up right now. Well, yeah. So you're all the all the um Uh, I guess the centers
0: that you folks open up are manned by Red Cross volunteers. So what kind of training do they need to go through in order to qualify for that?
4: Well, I mean, we just need bodies at some point, right? And so um, in order to be able to have a shelter open, we need at least two people. And we're not going to just throw you in there by yourself. Mm -hmm. You know, the other people that have more training and experience that have deployed and their supervisors, they'll be there to guide you. Okay. And where can people find more information about that? Just go to redcross.org slash Hawaii. And where can people find out more
3: about Haima? Uh, DOD... Dot, dot hawaii dot gov slash aima. Very good. Uh, could I make one quick point? Sure. The community is very, very important. Get to know your neighbor mm-hmm. so that the first time you can work together is not after a disaster strikes. Very good. Well, Coralie Matayoshi is the
0: regional CEO of, um, of the uh, American Red Cross, and uh, Tom Travis is the administrator for the Hawaii Emergency Management Agency. want to thank you both for joining us today. Thank you, Bert. Thank you, Bert. And thank you for joining us for Bite Marks Cafe. You can join us next week when we will talk about the Oahu Resilience Plan. If you miss any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. If you have any comments or suggestions, feel free to email me at bitemarks@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also find me on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. Our engineer is David Chong. You can catch us on HPR1 every Wednesday or anytime on the HPR app, iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. You stay awesome and we will see you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.